Steve Dace here. Obviously, this is a different voice than you are accustomed to uh, and a different time slot than you are accustomed to me. But we are filling in for Glenn uh, across Blaze TV and the radio network here this morning. So Todders and Aaron McIntyre, good morning to you guys. Good morning. It's, morning. it's been a while since we have seen each other this early in the morning. We do uh, okay. We clean up okay. Well, we don't, uh, but uh, that's okay. Uh, we've already successfully lowered people's standards long before this appearance. But The first lie uncovered. <laughs> uh, I did wake seconds. up uh, to the news that uh, our friend Daniel Horowitz had been permanently banned from Twitter this morning, or at least until October when Elon Musk takes over, I guess. So Daniel will actually be with us here on the radio show later today, so we'll talk more to him. Uh, more with him about that but uh, we have a special themed show coming up so make sure you stay tuned for it here Independence Day weekend, a special show. We're going to take a look at the state of American independence, past, present, and future. Steve Dace here filling in this morning on the Glenn Beck Program. Independence Day is all about celebrating freedom, like the freedom to completely customize your window treatments at Blinds.com. Right now, save up to 50% off everything site-wide for their 4th of July sale. Ordering window coverings online, it doesn't have to mean sacrificing on style or service. Shop the latest styles at Blinds.com. They even have outdoor shades that make your deck or patio the coolest place to be during the summer backyard barbecues. Tanya and I love their design experts. We have used them. We've used live consultations. You need help measuring or installing? They got you covered there, too. Never any hidden fees or misleading quotes. No showrooms or retail markups. And shipping is always free. See for yourself why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments. Save up to 50% site-wide at Blinds.com during their 4th of July sale, now through July 5th only. Up to 50% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Program. Normally, you hear me, if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, about three hours from now. But uh, I am Steve Dace filling in this morning for the one and only Hall of Famer, Glenn Beck. And, of course, I am accompanied by my typical co-host, never partners, 
Uh, Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. morning. Good to have you guys here with us uh, because you are my co-host, Never Partners. This portion of the show is not brought to you by Lindsey Graham, uh, but it will be brought to you by uh, American Independence, or at least what is left of it. On our show every year, heading into Independence Day weekend, we do a special Independence Day themed program. And we thought we would do it for the first time in front of one of the largest audiences in American broadcasting. So we're going to do that for you here today. Also, because uh, I want to talk about absolutely anything other than the January 6th hearing. Uh, I hate soap opera politics. I don't care. It has no impact on your life whatsoever. Uh, But what we're going to talk about here, we hope anyway, today, indeed, we'll do exactly that. We're going to spend an hour looking at American independence from different perspectives, all three of these hours, past, present, and future. And in the middle here, you're going to hear a big announcement about American history and trying to preserve America's heritage, more specifically, America's Christian heritage. I will give you a big announcement about that coming up a little bit later on during the program. But gentlemen, I think if we're going to take a look at American independence, it uh, you know we like to say uh, whether you are a respecter of history as I am or a trad Catholic as you are, Todd, uh, we often like to say on our show that the answers to the future are often found in the past, right? Of course. What does it mean to be a conservative? Now, who knows if that term means anything anymore? Um, but when I signed up to be a part of this industry slash movement, I-, I thought that the definition of conservative was really the root word of the word, to conserve. What is it we're trying to conserve here? The things that history has already revealed to be good, true, and beautiful for human flourishing, while also recognizing human limitations. We are sinners. We are sinful. We all need a savior. Human nature is not basically good, and yet there is this tension that human nature is not basically good, but pardon me, at the same time, it has cosmic worth because it carries the Imago Dei. We are the only beings in all of the universe, at least as far as we know anyway, made in the image of the only living God. We're the only beings on this planet that have souls. We are the only beings, therefore, on this planet that have cognitive ability, the ability to morally choose. When a lion has satiated himself on a herd of antelope in the Serengeti and then pukes up what he just ate for his pride to have their breakfast, and then a wounded antelope comes across the plain, the lion doesn't stop and think, you know, I'm going to let this one slide today. I've had my fill. No, the lion acts on instinct and pounces anyway. That's the difference between us and animals. We can morally choose because we are the Imago Dei. And it's with this recognition of this tension. See, the the founders were not infested with progressivism, Darwinism, human utopianism. They hadn't read Horace Mann, Thomas Dewey. And if you're a longtime listener to the Glenn Beck Show, you know all these names. They're part of Glenn's greatest hits. I might even, you know, mix in a Woodrow Wilson reference for you here this morning as well, just to touch them all. But they weren't poisoned. Their cultural bloodstream wasn't poisoned by any of those influences yet. And so they had a a much more objective view at human history. And they tried to learn lessons from history. And in doing so, crafted what I believe to be the single greatest human-engineered 
philosophical framework in the history of our species. The Declaration of Independence. And this weekend, that's actually what we are commemorating for over the 200th time. Yet how many of us truly know it? How many of us have actually heard it, studied it? I wonder, you know, I think it was about 20 years ago after 9-11, when they did the Super Bowl after 9-11, is when Fox Sports began the tradition of when it hosts the Super Bowl, having the dignitaries and the former presidents come forth and read the Declaration of Independence in the lead up to kickoff. I often wonder when they do this every three or four years when they host the Super Bowl, how many times Americans are hearing these words for the very first time? This is what the prophet means in the Old Testament. He says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. He's talking about they have, they have not been fed their heritage. The legacy has not been passed on. And now they are just roaming in the ethereal, the morass of a fallen world waiting to get picked off. That's what that means. And they're lost. And it kind of feels that we are lost as a society. So I thought this very first hour, if we're going to delve into the past of American independence, let's begin when it began, by looking at the Declaration of Independence itself, but looking at it in a framework that maybe you've not heard it studied before. It begins with these words, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and assume among the powers of this earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to such a separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them it shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness." Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. That's a recognition of human nature there. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. So right away, Thomas Jefferson, who writes these words, he is letting you know that this is a document of secession. I said it. I if you would like to go with separation, we may. Divorce, perhaps. But really, the, these United States, these United States, they are seceding from the British crown. This is an announcement of a divorce decree. And Jefferson is also stating the grounds for this divorce, that the King of England has violated the highest law of them all, that he does represent a law, but he is not the law. The law, the ultimate law, are the laws of nature and nature's God, otherwise known as natural law. They were heavily influenced by Blackstone's commentaries on the laws of England, which is a discourse 
in natural law or the laws of nature and nature's God. And you have to remember that almost all of the 13 colonies were either founded or settled by some vestige of the Christian church. And in some of these Christian traditions, uh, particularly Anabaptist ones like Quakers and places like Pennsylvania, uh, any form of revolt against government in their view under any circumstances was in violation of Romans 13. And so therefore, in order for them to hang together so they don't hang separately, Jefferson realizes that he's got to make an argument here beyond just no taxation without representation. It's going to have to go higher than that to get everybody on board. And so he attempts to transcend this debate by appealing to something transcendent. In doing so, Jefferson effectively authors the mission statement of American exceptionalism. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That is the mission statement of your nation. That's its mission statement right there. And in asserting this, the Founding Fathers also assert there is a God of this universe, and it is not government. And that government is to be every bit as accountable to that God as are the citizens. And just as if I went home and announced to my family, hey, dad's breaking bad, we're getting into the Ozark drug trade. The family, even though I was given headship by God over the family, the family should disobey me because I'm in disobedience to God and not obey men, but obey God instead. This is the argument that they are now making. The king is in disobedience to God. For us to obey the king would put us in disobedience to God. And we have an obligation, a moral obligation to follow the laws of nature and nature's God, regardless of what's going on in the court of King James with Mad King George. And that therefore, resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. We'll pick up the conversation from there in a moment. These days, you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. But with all that information just floating out there, it can make the Internet a practical goldmine for identity thieves. Actually, that's, that's not fair to gold miners. Mining is actually hard work. Stealing your identity is dangerously easy. It's also incredibly costly and terribly frustrating if you get hacked. Now is an easy time to join up with LifeLock and... Help protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your information and alerts you to personal identity threats. And if you are a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock. They can't protect you from everything. Nobody can, but they're the best in the business in my book. 800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off your first year. Identity theft protection starts here. Steve Dace here filling in this morning for Hall of Famer Glenn Beck alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber and if you're not yet, you can become one at blazetv.com slash Dace. It's just 
10 bucks a month. We do all kinds of exclusive content for you there every day as well. Uh, you're used to, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, hearing me in about two and a half hours. You won't be today. I'm filling in for Glenn instead. And if this is the first time you've ever heard uh, our show or what we do, by all means, please uh, subscribe on Blaze TV. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, Spotify, uh, at all. We appreciate all of that. You can also email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. And you can look for us on all of the socials, Steve Dace or Steve Dace Show, everywhere from Instagram to TikTok to Twitter, uh, where we're always on borrow time, Facebook, uh, Trump's Truth Social, and everywhere else. So we're looking at uh, the state of American independence today. As we head into Independence Day weekend, we always do an Independence Day theme show each year. We're going to do it this year for you here on the Glenn Beck Program. And we're looking at the origin, the past of American independence, because we think the answers to the future are often found in the past. Maybe not the specific device or application, but the ideals, the traditions, the morals, the philosophies, the concepts are usually found there. And as we go through this Declaration of Independence, we now enter into an itemization of charges. This is written as a legal document, as a divorce decree, and now, now the grounds for secession. And he lists a long train, using their own term here, of abuses and usurpations. We're not going to go through all of these, but I do think here's what's worth noting more than anything, is that the abuse of the judiciary is the most named violation. Huh. See, in colonial England, there were two branches of government. There was the monarchy and the parliament. But at this point in English history, the parliament had no real legislative power, and so it was essentially one branch of government, the king. The courts served directly under the king. So they were out of places to, to redress. They were out of places for their appeals to be heard. When they, when they created an independent judiciary, this is what independent means. I, I know they teach in the left-wing uh, spirit of the age law schools today that independent judiciary means the court determines its own jurisdiction. No, that's what oligarchy means, <laughs> okay? That's what an oligarchy means is that when an unelected body that you didn't vote for determines how much power it has. That's what oligarchy means, guys. All right, independent judiciary meant an independent branch of the other two branches. For our benefit, not for its so that we would have more options to have our grievances heard, not so that they would have more weapons to punish us with, as it so often, this most recent Supreme Court session notwithstanding, as it so often plays itself out. Have you cleared all that with the January 6th committee? Because I think they might have a different answer. <laughs> uh, I think they have a lot of different answers. Uh, many of them uh, not verifiable. Now, in his closing argument... Jefferson reveals that this divorce decree is not to be taken lightly. It's not to be done cavalierly on a whim, but only as a last resort since the crown made it clear that it wouldn't answer or waver from its tyranny. They had spent years making appeals to the court. Jefferson had made himself appeals to the court. At 33, he was one of the oldest founding fathers at 33. He writes, in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated peti petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act. That's a Machiavelli reference there. The prince, a prince whose character is thus marked by every act, which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be a ruler. 
of a free people, nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by their ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations. He is saying, we're Englishmen. We came from the same Church of England. We came from the same Blackstone traditions of law. Where is this common thread of English tradition and heritage? It's been lost. And at the very least, not extended to us. Which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consequinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind enemies in war in peace, friends. You have violated the social compact, Jefferson says. You violated it. We have this in America now. We essentially have a bicameral duopoly political system, Republicans and Democrats. Oh, there are conscientious objectors, but that's the majority of the system, just like there were, you know, patriots and Tories at this period of time. Or loyalists. What happens within that duopoly when one side decides that the social compact is null and void? We will not practice self-limiting principles anymore in order to honor it. We will not obey it. We will disregard it as we see fit. And we will impose our disregards on you as we see fit. There is nothing new under the sun. This isn't new what we're facing today. The answers to the future are often found in the past. They face these exact same things. That's why they forged this document in response. Finally, Jefferson concludes in a very intriguing way. He invites God to judge the motives of those committing to this revolution. Doesn't go, vote populi, power to the people, storm the Bastille. He says, no, we, we are sinners. We must be judged every bit as much as we are listing the judgments against King George. We are accountable to the laws of nature and nature's God as well. We are under that potential judgment as well. If we are wrong, judge us accordingly, Lord. And we'll pick it up from that conclusion when we return. If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. 
Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Relieffactor.com. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. We are the Steve Day Show. That is yours truly, Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. We are typically the news radio show that comes on after Seinfeld here on Blaze TV. But uh, today we are filling in for Hall of Famer Glenn Beck, and we're giving you a, a, a special show. We do a special Independence Day show every year so that our people don't perish for a lack of knowledge. We do our part to pass on the heritage and legacy that was given to us. And to that end, we've got a, a special announcement coming up later in the program uh, with a tool to help you pass on your traditions and your legacy to your children. Uh, if you are interested in the conversation that... We've been having about the Declaration of Independence this hour. Uh, if you're watching on Blaze TV, you see my most recent book, Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer. This study of the Declaration and more is right out of this book. So you can get that today. It was uh, meant to be a modern update of the great Francis Schaeffer's work, The Christian Manifesto. It came out late last year, an opportunity for us to learn how to confront the spirit of the age. So if you like what we've been talking about this hour, get your copy. It's a study guide. It's got study questions. Todd came up with those questions. And so this is meant to be done in a group setting, a small group, men's group, women's group, etc. Uh, when you go to uh, Amazon, just look for Do What you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer let's get to the conclusion of the declaration of independence so jefferson is is invoking the potential wrath of god he's invoking the judgment of god matthew 7 judge not lest ye be judged for by the same standard you judge others so shall you also be judged now that's today's uh, spirit of the ages it used to be john three sixteen. It was everybody's biblically ignorant favorite uh, bible verse now it's matthew 7 taken completely out of context but this is matthew 7 in context jefferson is saying we should be held by the same standard we don't want to be the new despots to replace the old despots we don't want to we're not this isn't a proto orwell book where it ends with and they look from pig to man and man to pig and back to pig again and they couldn't tell the difference we're really trying to be distinct here different and he writes these words, We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, judge our motives. That's the most intimate judgment to give someone their own motives. Judge our motives, Lord, we invite it. You are the supreme judge. Do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the british crown and that all political connection between them and the state of great britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war conclude peace contract alliances establish commerce and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence the sovereignty of God, 
we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And that concludes, ladies and gentlemen, what I think is the finest human essay, merely human essay ever written in the history of our species. And how did God respond? How did God respond to opening their chests, basically, and saying, judge? These are imperfect men. They were sinners. Some of these men are in hell now. They never repented of their sins sufficiently. None of us go to the church of George Washington, arguably the greatest all-time American, but... I don't go to the church of George Washington. Do you guys go to the church of George Washington? We do not. No. Some of them own slaves. No. Not nearly as many as you think. In fact, if you guys listen to Beck, you'd know this. They voted 11 to 2 to remove the plank from the long train of abuses that accused the king of bringing the barbaric slave trade to the colonies. Uh, Georgia and South Carolina, if I remember right, were the two states that voted no. The other 11 voted yes. So, yes, there were some who were slave owners. There were several others who started abolitionist societies, meaning it was a rather eclectic group, eclectic for the times, of course. I mean, they all hailed from a very similar value system, but within that was a very eclectic group, very modern for the latter 18th century, very well enlightened. And yet, despite those flaws and imperfections and hypocrisies among them, because they were sinners too, as the song says, God shed his grace on thee. This has been, over the course of its 230 plus year history, the most blessed nation God has ever permitted on the face of his creation. We are not a new Israel. We are not in specific covenant with God. There's nothing prophetically unique about us. If and when we assume the position on the ash heap of history with the rest of the former superpowers of this world who uh, forgot that there was a God above them and that they were not God, they were not masters of the universe. If and when that occurs, not one less person or one more person will end up in heaven or hell because we're now a footnote. Let us not make the mistake of the Old, Test Old Testament Israelites who had forgotten that it's because they were chosen that they were special, not that they were special, so they were chosen. But God, in his sovereignty, sought to go ahead and make an example out of us as a nation. That even in the civic realm, if we pray and seek his face, he will forgive us our sins and heal our land. He'll permit us to be in a small civic way a light to other nations a sh shining city on a hill if you will because ultimately by doing so it doesn't really prove the exceptionalism of america but the power sovereignty mercy and grace of almighty god elevating this country of humble origins from 13 colonies through a manifest destiny to the final superpower left in the world. And in less than three centuries, nothing like this has ever been accomplished in the arc of human history before by just mere, a mere conqueror. 
This is, as Jefferson wrote, divine providence. Which means, what will happen to us if we forget that? What is happening to us as we have forgotten it? Todd and Aaron, let's bring you guys into the conversation now. Your thoughts. Well, I love a couple things about this. The fact that the ethos of this is, here I am, Lord, I can do no other. I must testify publicly to the truth. Through and through, there's not, you know, it's, it's your own, we're addicted today to notions of my truth. There is no such thing and because there is no such thing, and it is so important to get to the right version uh, of it, it must be conducted out loud and in the public. We we've seen so many school board meetings and and these people sitting there silently while while the public comes to them, uh, you know, after being called domestic terrorists uh, and, and begging and pleading for sanity to restore. Well, here Jefferson has told us it is. It, we don't. We would never get to this place where we are right now if we plant our flag in, in all things and say the truth must be shared out loud. It's not for the subcommittee we elected. It's for me and you and all of us right here and now. And because it is, the second thing I love about this is they're making demands, and they're making demands that would are far more difficult for them to do than if we than for us today if we just showed a little courage. I don't care about tone. None of that nonsense. Decorum, all the things we're sub- that are meant to quiet us down. No, truth. It is that important to fight for. It is that important to die for. Our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. We will not be cast aside. We are going to assert that this is our demand. We're not just having a pleasant conversation. We demand this because it is good, it is true, and it is beautiful. That is extremely well said. Aaron, let's get your thoughts on this here in a moment when we come back. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Greetings, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, dog lover and founder of Rough Greens here. If your dog has bad breath, something's wrong. If your dog has low energy or itchy, scratchy skin all the time, maybe it has a dull coat, there's something wrong. Many years ago, it became obvious to me that dogs struggle with all kinds of issues and I realized it's because dog food is dead food. That's why I created Rough Greens. It's packed with omega oils, essential vitamins and minerals, powerful probiotics, digestive enzymes, tons of antioxidants. You don't have to change your dog's food to improve your dog's health. Just add a scoop of Rough Greens. It's super easy, and over a little bit of time, you'll see your dog change right before your eyes. I'm so confident that Rough Greens will help your dog. My dog and I are going to offer you a free Jumpstart trial bag so your dog can try it before you buy it. You just cover the shipping. Order your free Jumpstart trial bag today by going to roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com. So we are the Steve Dace Show, filling in for Glenn Beck here today. Steve Dace with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. It is a special Independence Day show that we do each year on our show. We're doing it for you here 
on the Glenn Beck program this year. Each hour, we take a look at the state of American independence. Next hour, uh, the present state of things, uh, what we like to call the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Our colleague Daniel Horowitz will join us for that conversation next hour. At the at the top of next hour, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you're going to get an exclusive update on where things stand with a nefarious movie. For those of you that uh, recall, the very first time I ever appeared on this show was after Glenn had read my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. And some film producers actually just happened to be listening to the show that day and ended up buying the movie rights to that book after they read it on Glenn's recommendation. Well, uh, we'll give you an update on where that movie stands for Blaze TV subscribers in the exclusive window here at the top of the hour at blazetv.com slash dace. But let's finish up the conversation here. And again, if you like uh, what we the way we broke down the Declaration of Independence, there's a lot more of this. And this kind of study in my most recent book, Do What You Believe, where you won't be free to believe it much longer. But let's wrap up where things stand looking back to the past, Aaron. And uh, it's your turn to give your thoughts on taking another look, a fresh look at the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence, it is a beautiful, a beautiful, as you pointed out, essay. It is not just a beautiful essay, though. It's, it's an eloquent legal document, yes. Not just an eloquent legal document. I think what sets the Declaration of Independence apart from maybe any other document in, in Western civilization, I would submit is that for all of the foibles and, and shortcomings, some of which you pointed out of the founding fathers, of, of the signers of, of the Declaration of Independence, what sets this apart is that I believe in many ways, and I would even submit fundamentally, the entire thing is their best attempt, foibles and all, at an act of worship. It really is. Because what it's doing, as you pointed out at the beginning, what it's doing is putting God in his rightful place. Mm. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to, to God. That's really what the Declaration of Independence is doing. And that's why I think it's so unique and so set apart and so different from, from any other document up until that point and, and really since in Western civilization. Unfortunately, as, as we're going to segue into the next hour here, the resistance to tyrants is obedience to God has, has sadly become acquiescence to tyrants is loving thy neighbor in many ways. That's what the mantra of, of many of our fellow countrymen has become. And until that, that spirit of the founding fathers is recovered, until the spirit of the age now is, is vanquished or at least put away, we're still going to put up. We're still going to witness what we witness day in and day out. The madness and chaos of mankind unrestrained. Because what the Declaration of Independence admitted is that mankind left to its own devices. King George is unrestrained. Mm. Mankind under no king but King Jesus is what we're going for. Amen. I mean, the, the, here's the bottom line of all of this. What sets our way of life apart from all previous ones? What is it? What is it? What, what creed? The great Christian thinker G.K. Chesterton once said that, that America... British, by the way, America was the only country ever founded on a creed. 
what is the creed? It's very simple, actually. Rights come from God, and we should align our laws with the laws of nature and nature's God. Period. That's it. That's it. Right there. That's the whole of Americana right there. Rights come from God. Therefore, that puts government in its proper context. Government exists to protect and defend God-given rights. And one of the primary ways that it does it is by punishing evil. So that good may flourish. And that if there is a God, the most logical thing we could possibly do would be to, as best as we can, align our most basic legalities with his revelation. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't covet. Basic moral precepts right out of the Ten Commandments which is why we posted them in every public building at the founding of the country, including the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, that's it, folks. Very simple. <laughs> but not easy. Not easy. If it was easy, there'd have been other Americas prior to us. It is not easy. What's not easy is our own nature gets in the way. And what happens when you live in an era when that occurs. Well, that's what we will discuss here as we look at the present state of American independence in hour two next. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I'll deliver here. I keep my promises. Uh, it seems kind of fitting to be this the place where we would go ahead and break some news on the Nefarious movie because the movie Nefarious is happening because of this show. Uh, the exposure that Glenn gave uh, my book, A Nefarious Plot, back in 2016 is what led to this moment. Well, this week um, we are supposed to be getting the rough cut, uh, which is seconds. the the editor's first attempt to put the film completely together. Uh, for review by the directors. We're supposed to be getting that this week, uh, which will now greatly accelerate the finishing of the movie. I've had, I have like had nothing to do with the actual production of this movie. Even for me, tangentially living vicariously through you, this seems surreal. It does. I'm, I'm, I'm the most nervous and excited about almost anything other than having a child I've ever been in my entire life. It's like Christmas. <laughs> Let's hope it's a good Christmas.
you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The state of American independence, past, present, and future. It is a special Independence Day show here from those of us at the Steve Day Show. Filling in today here on the Glenn Beck Program. These days, you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. But with all that information just floating out there, it can make the Internet a practical gold mine for identity thieves. Actually, that's, that's not fair to gold miners. Mining is actually hard work. Stealing your identity is dangerously easy. It's also incredibly costly and terribly frustrating if you get hacked. Now is an easy time to join up with LifeLock and... Help protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your information and alerts you to personal identity threats. And if you are a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock. They can't protect you from everything. Nobody can, but they're the best in the business in my book. 800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off your first year. Identity theft protection starts here. Pleased to be back for another hour here on the Glenn Beck program. We are the Steve Day Show. We are typically the follow-up act to Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. You can subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash dace, just 10 bucks a month. You can get uh, our exclusive content and everybody else's here at Blaze TV for just 10 bucks a month. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon. It's everywhere until they'll censor it and get rid of it. Uh, follow me. Look for either Steve Dace or Steve Dace Show on all of the socials there. Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Parler, Gab, Getter. Uh, what else? Trump's Truth Social. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, Anastasia, is now running our TikTok and Instagram pages because I'm pushing 50 and I don't want to learn anything new now. <laughs> so I hired her to do it instead. By the way, proud daddy moment. She wrote her first column for The Blaze yesterday and it got published i had no idea i mean I, my job to be pretty informed i had no idea guys that drag queen Storytime hour was like a national coordinated movement like i i had no idea and it's in over half the states uh and in half of the states it's in are states that voted for trump once or twice like neighboring nebraska as a chapter of drag queen Storytime hour i just spoke over there a couple of months ago to a huge patriots group over there so that is a good segue to bringing on our guest for our roundtable portion of the conversation this hour. Next hour, we're going to hear from a founding father, John Adams, by the miracles of modern technology. John Adams is going to join us next hour to warn us about the future of American liberty. Uh, we'll get to that, American independence, next hour. But let's talk about the present state of things. We looked at the past last hour going through the Declaration of Independence. We're going to still make a big announcement later in the show about helping to preserve our heritage, our past, to uh, to not... Uh, to, or to listen to the warning of the prophet of old who said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And we'll give you a big announcement about that coming up in the next hour of the show. But let's bring, on our own pro bring in our own prophet of woe and lamentation, that is. Uh, our good friend and colleague here at The Blaze, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. Happy Independence Day weekend to you. How are you? 
Happy Independence Day. And Steve, we have one goal here. Do not get Glenn in trouble. <laughs> All right. That's, that's going to be, that's why you're here. Because <laughs> I, I can blame it on you. Right. Hey, it's the guy that just got permanently banned from Twitter, or at least until October when Elon Musk takes over. It was his fault. All right. It was this uh, it was this Daniel Horowitz you gave me. You did get permanently banned from Twitter today, or at least again until October when Elon Musk takes over. Um, Where are you going to be now? I mean, you're writing over at at Conservative Review because now a lot of the now a lot of the data about the the psyop and experimentation that has been going on via Pfizer and Moderna this stuff is now coming out all over the place now. And we're even seeing we're even seeing more places. The British Medical Journal, the New England Journal of Medicine of the UK is, is getting much more bolder and confrontational and coming out in opposition to what's going on here. So we're even seeing cracks now within the academic community about what's going on, which is ironic. Now's the time that you're getting banned when they probably should have banned you like a year ago. Now, 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 like people with like real titles and abbreviate and, you know, initials after their name are speaking out. So where, where can people find your ongoing search for the truth here? Sure. I'm not going to lie. After 11 years, it's kind of disorienting. It's like you disappear overnight. Uh, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of reams of content. But, you know, it's it's nothing compared to doctors that overnight you lose your license for speaking the truth. Military service members overnight, you lose your career as a pilot, as a special operator for simply not kissing the cow, Vaca, uh, Hosea 13-2, the idol of kissing the Vaca. Uh, And that's really what it is. It's an idol because, as you noted, the more illogical it gets, it's now out in the open a hundred times over for a full year, negative efficacy, terrible dangers, and it doesn't matter. They just bought another $3.6 worth of a future shot that doesn't even have a clinical trial. So for now, the COVID stuff, I have COVID truth bombs as a Telegram channel um, on Getter for now at Daniel underscore Horowitz. Um, so we'll have to see where we land. But but Steve, this is out in the open. CDC just published in their weekly mortality and morbidity uh, review that potential harms after vaccination, the evidence for serious adverse events is it's it's very uncertain because of the indirectness and the short duration of the follow-up, only 31% of the trial participants received dose three, and there are serious concerns of imprecision because of the study size, and also we have no data on prevention of COVID-associated hospitalizations or asymptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infection. They say that openly, and uh, it's going in the arms of babies, and that will become part of the childhood vaccination schedule, which becomes a de facto mandate for most people who have a pediatrician. So let's just take this as just one one piece of evidence and have a broader conversation about the current state of things, the current state of American independence. You mentioned what's going on in the military. Any moment now, we could get simultaneous announcements from the military that they're going to purge tens of thousands of, of actively enlisted because they won't get an experimental jab. This is in violation of the Uniform Code of Military uh, Justice. That's why there was a high-profile case in San Diego recently where a naval officer actually beat the Navy 
when he pointed out, hey, you're in violation of the UCMA, UCMJ. You can't experiment on me with a non-FDA approved vaccine. And what you are injecting is not the, the, the actual fully authorized and approved FDA approved vaccine. This is experimental. He won that case. Nevertheless, the Pentagon is poised at any moment here to purge tens of thousands of soldiers because I don't believe this is about the vaccine. I believe this is about it's a test of compliance. It is a test of what 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 soldiers here, no matter what we tell them, will quote just follow orders, and which ones will not, which ones will conscientiously object, and which ones will not. So it's not about a jab; it's a litmus test. And so they're about to purge tens of thousands of patriots from the military at a time that enlistment is struggling, and then the FDA at any moment here is about to approve a new regulatory process by which they will no longer even have control groups for further testing of COVID uh, inge- experimental injections. What, what does a study without a control group looks like? It looks like I've decided I'm going to study who likes Steve Dace. And I, I just found a bunch of people who currently do. And then I went out and found, because they, they said we're going to, well, maybe the control group would be people who took the, the previous injections. So I will go find people who used to like Steve Dace and have liked me longer. And lo and behold, I came back with this study, Daniel, 90% efficacy, 99% efficacy. Everybody likes Steve Dace. That's what the FDA is going to do as a wholly owned subsidiary of Pfizer and to a lesser degree, Moderna. And, and so th- to me, it, I would like you to explain to our audience, what does this mean, the, the loss of bodily autonomy at this molecular level? What does it tell us about the current state of American independence? Steve, this is the vexing question of our generation. You know, Thomas Paine said it's perversion of terms to suggest that a charter gives you rights, such as the Constitution, for example. The Constitution, at the end of the day, is only backed by the willingness of the people to abide by it. Well, what happens when one side just says, screw that, we're doing what we want? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we're celebrating this weekend. And that's the Declaration of Independence. That's even more foundational because that demonstrates your rights are inherent. They come from God. Now, in that, that those beautiful 201 words of the preamble, okay, the work of, of Franklin and Jefferson and Adams, Livingston, Roger Sherman, five guys, 201 words. I count about six or seven governing principles there, what government must do, what they could optionally do with jurisdictional and popular sovereignty and Republican representation and what they must never do. And we, we tend to understand what they are, but there's that, what I call the seventh principle of the preamble, the one no one wants to talk about, but it, it gets back to what gives that charter, the constitution, any degree of teeth. And that is when there's a long train of usurpations, it is your right, indeed your duty to rebel against that and form a new government. And that is where we are, okay? We, we are there by a million, times a million. Uh, King George was not preventing you from going to church, covering your breathing holes, injecting experimental stuff into your body. He wasn't doing any of that. It was a handful of taxes. But John Adams understood that the only maxim to preserve liberty is to nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud. So they understood that you have to fight back while you still can. Mm. And that's what they did. In other words, if you wait until it's obvious that you have to, it is at that point too late. It is too late. So I think I don't 
think we need to convince this audience that by a mile, we are at that point of the long train of uh, usurpations because everything that a government must do, they repudiate. They let the criminals out. They invade your, your own country, okay? So the security, they fund every other person's border, every, every other country's border except for our own. Another 800 million this morning to Ukraine for reasons only a law knows. There. Yeah. And then the things that they must not do, the core life, liberty, and property, there is quite literally nothing that they could call for now under the guise of public health or just in general, you're a threat. You are a threat. I had someone on the show yesterday, Dr. Andrew Huff, on my podcast, who uh, he was one of the whistleblowers who first identified Peter Daszak as the origin of the gain-of-function research because he worked with him at EcoHealth Alliance. He has the FBI, he, he alleges the FBI broke into his home six times and is constantly surveilling him. He has committed no crime. If you are a political opponent, there is nothing they cannot do to you. We all understand that we need to do something, but this is our question. What do we do? How do we regain that independence? And a lot of people think that's a cute throwaway line. Let me read to you from my state's constitution, Article 6 of the Maryland Declaration of Rights. Whenever the ends of government are perverted and public liberty manifestly endangered and all other means of redress are ineffectual, which is clearly true today, the people may and of right ought to reform the old or establish a new government. The doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish, and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind. And where's that from? That, Article 6 of the Maryland That's state in the Maryland State right. Constitution. Yes. So you are you are you're getting to uh the the biggest fear I have right now and I, and you've known me for a long time. I'm not driven by fear very much on any level. Uh, my my big temptation is to is to not go big and go home every single time, okay? But I I have one fear and I've I've spoken to two different Reagan dinners in the last couple of months, uh, one over in Hillsdale and the other in uh, in Montana, Billings, Montana, over the weekend. And I articulated the same fear to that audience. When we come back, I want to share it with you guys and get each of you guys' take on it. All right, we'll do that here in a moment. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Elizabeth Warren, they're all attacking America's tech innovators. The left's bill, S-2992, would take away the digital tools small businesses rely on, empower China to beat America in the race for new technologies, and increase the risk of cyber attacks. When liberals attack America's tech innovators, they're really attacking everyday Americans and Main Street businesses. American jobs, America's security, and the online privacy of the American people are all on the line. Why would Senate conservatives support this liberal agenda that threatens American innovation? We need to stop Pelosi, Schumer, Warren, and the rest of the D.C. liberals from taking away our technology and making China stronger at America's expense. Call the U.S. Senate today at 202-224-3121. Tell Senate Republicans to oppose S-2992. ProtectingTaxpayers.org, paid for and authorized by Taxpayers Protection Alliance.
All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Program. We're the Steve Day Show filling in for the Glenn Beck Program here. We're normally the show after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV, but uh, today we're filling in and doing our, for you, for the first time, our special annual Independence Day show that we do each year on our show, but we're doing it here for the Glenn Beck Program audience instead, and it's a little different than what we typically do. Uh, we're taking a, a, a bigger picture look at the state of American independence, past, present, and future. Last hour, we looked at the past, the Declaration of Independence, where it all began, this hour, we're looking at the present state of things. And, and, and this is my fear about where we are with the present state of things. And, and I've communicated it in two Reagan dinners I've keynoted in two different parts of the country here in the last month or two, guys. I, I, I am an ugly American. Proudly, guys. Proudly. Okay? Like, I can tell you it is 64 days until Michigan football begins. I mean, I, I can tell you Big Ten football media days are July the 26th. I have my Phil Steele college football sitting at home on my table waiting for me to indulge here over the long Independence Day weekend. At night, I fire up my MLB The Show and play the entire 162-game Detroit Tigers season and playoffs because I make the playoffs every year. And I've done this for like 20 years. Okay, I, I, I am the ugly American. I have a, I, Costco's the greatest place on earth. It's everything you don't need, but in bulk. And you know, what do you always say about me, Todd? I have the palate of, an, of a 12-year-old? Correct. Correct, yes. All right, so I am the ugly American. I like the accoutrements of being an American. We were going over what we're doing this holiday weekend, right? You're taking your daughter to the University of Arkansas, Todd, yes. where she's going to be a scholarship athlete in track and soccer this fall, Correct. right? Aaron's got a big family reunion coming in. I've got three movies I want to go see, okay? I mean, I like this thing called being an American. I, I like the the benefits we get from it. I So w when I say what I'm about to say, it is for fee out of fear. Not incur I, I want to stop history ending in this place. Because I think everything that Daniel just articulated is true, and so here's so let's 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 start with what history tells us what happens when it, when a civilization gets here. There has never in the history of our species ever been a peaceful transfer of liberty and wealth and property from one culture to another or from one sector of a culture to another. It's just never happened, and and it won't happen here. It'll never happen in all of human history. And I, and I feel as if we've got this duopoly where on one end, the spirit of the age has prompted the Democrat side of things to just cast off all restraint, go way off the, the, the limb and, and way over the cliff and ride both the, 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 the pilot seat and the caboose of the crazy train with no brakes, all gas, no brakes. And then over here on the right, there's this increasing sense of a lack of representation, a lack of hope, desperation. And now the, the, the financial stuff that they used to bribe us with isn't as valuable as it used to be. Inflation's at at least 15%. Interest rates have doubled. We, right? Our currency's getting debased. Oh, by the way, we want you to chest bind your daughters and castrate your sons for us. And if you don't agree, we'll just go ahead and have them do it in secret at the school. Right? I just... What happens when no restraint equals hopelessness and desperation? 
And those are the two sides that are in a conflict in a culture. How does that end? I'll just, you know, so we don't get Glenn in too much trouble. Poorly. Poorly's how that ends. Okay? More Americans died at Antietam still to this day than any other singular event. Poorly is how it ends. And I feel right now in this present window, guys, with the other side, literally, they've gone from lying to us to the, they're just the devil in a red unitard with a pitchfork now. And their policies are so unpopular, so destructive. All the stuff that we used to warn our audiences about, if you grew up listening to Glenn, you would hear him say stuff like, like what I would hear him say. Years from now, let me tell you what they really mean. And years from now, that if, they, if we give them the chance, they're going to do blank, right? Right? They're doing the blank. It's down. That, that stuff that, that, that Glenn and Rush and all these guys warned us for years, they would do if given the chance, is the now. That's, that's now happening. And so my fear is we have this window to resist this if we get real representation. What happens if we miss this window? Well, let's not discuss that. Let's discuss how we don't. Next. The Glenn Back Program. If you own a business, this has been a bumpy ride from pandemic to inflation. I'm sure you could use a break. If your business has five or more employees and survived COVID, you're eligible to receive a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee. The challenge is getting your hands on it. Hi, I'm Howard Mackler, and that's why I founded GetRefunds.com to cut through the red tape and get you the money. Our tax attorneys are specialists in this little-known payroll tax refund program. We do all the work, charge not a dime up front, and simply share a percentage of the cash that we get for you. Businesses of all types qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, and even those that had increases in sales. Don't lose out on up to $26,000 per employee. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited period of time. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses, and we can help you too. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. That's GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. Your daily antidote to the socialism virus. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Breaking news from the U.S. Supreme Court. Apparently, open borders. Um, an illegal alien invasion. That is the new prime civil sacrament replacing baby killing. Or at least I'm not sure how else to um, read. Uh, John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, both voting for Dobbs and in Kavanaugh's case to overturn Roe last week. So that had been all of our lives, gentlemen, the great civil sacrament of the age, baby killing. They voted to overturn that and in Robert's case, severely limit, restrict it to then turning around a couple of days later and voting for uh, the lawlessness to continue the invasion at the border. So I guess we only can receive that to now mean that you know, new civil sacraments just dropped here heading into Independence Day weekend. Uh, the uh, broke... And no longer woke uh, is the baby killing, uh, never-ending invasion, open borders is the new hotness. I guess that's how we read that. Which brings me back to uh, the lament that was loosely framed as a question that I aired before we broke. This present state of liberty. We have a window, I believe, right now 
where there is so much public backlash against an honest, unvarnished look at what the spirit of the age really wants to do to our way of life and society. But do we have an answer, gentlemen, other than vote GOP no matter what? Do we have an answer other than make Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell uh, your 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 new here new conservative heroes? Do we have an answer other than don't uh, watch uh, Lindsey Graham not to get to the bottom of it on Sean Hannity tonight? Do we have an answer other than wait for Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump to be president two and a half years from now? Maybe. Do we have an answer better than that? Daniel, first that goes to you. What say you? So, Steve, obviously you're right about the the imminent nature of this. On the one hand, we have we've never had a better opportunity. On the other hand, the noose is tightening. So what they're doing on Twitter, they're about to do in real life. Um, with them designating us as terrorists and they will shut us up and we can't even fight back uh, politically. But here's the reality. There is one difference between the revolution and now. We already have a structure, the legacy of Madison's design, the doctrine of least magistrate, that we have 3,000 counties and then we have 50 states that really, I mean, you look at the founders and they say everything except for external affairs, foreign affairs and commerce and military they um, they rule the roost on all internal affairs. And that is where we need to focus. We need national divorce. And national divorce doesn't necessarily mean in one shot, uh, you know, you have a different flag and different everything. Kind of like an amicable divorce, you have shared custody, you do have what to do with each other, but mainly you keep to yourself and you self-separate. That's where it needs to head. So red states and- are really red Red communities, even within blue states, are really red. Like when when Donald when yes. Donald Trump took office in 2017, there were the fewest Democrats in elected office in America since before the Great Depression. Did 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 the local governments in San Francisco and Oakland, Alameda County get together and say, "Oh snap, man! I mean, I guess we've got to move right." No, dude, they just communisted on and and said, "Let's let's actually now fund tranny homeless." I mean, they just they don't yeah. care. They didn't change their way of life because literally Hitler was in the White House. Now we need to behave this way, is what I hear you saying, right? Exactly. And your intro was the quintessential issue, the border, the legal immigration issue for why a we got to do it now. You can't afford 250,000 illegals, over 100,000 drug overdose deaths, the crime. It's insane. You know, it's part of the Declaration of Independence governance by the consent of the governed, the notion that other people could invade unilaterally assert jurisdiction, drop a baby and have that become a citizen against your will. Um, that violates the the essence, the foundation of the social compact. So they violated it. We can't be constrained and say, well, there's nothing we can do at a state level. Remember, San Francisco and the like, they said, screw it. We're going to become a sanctuary for illegal alien sex offenders. So this is a classic example. And now that the Supreme Court certainly is not going to help, the states need to get together and say, as DeSantis is calling to do, by the way, and saying we're going to work together and just return them back to Mexico on our own. We're going to get rid of them from the state. We're going to uh, uh, convene grand juries to uh, convict those who smuggle. Okay, so what could, what could Greg Abbott, what could Greg, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, Doug Ducey, the Republican governor of Arizona, what could they do right now, right now? Right now. So you know how many thousands of people are getting kicked out of the military in those states? Texas has a state guard distinguished from its national guard, cannot be federalized. That's their own thing. It's part of the Constitution. You could have a state militia. Arizona could create one as well. Could you imagine the recruitment that if you would rather than promoting be all you could uh, 
not be with the trendy stuff and uh, be all you, know, you all weren't. The, That's the new thing. We went from be all you can be, be all to you be weren't. all you never were. That's the new thing. Yes. Imagine if you had a Texas and Arizona state guard that was full of toxic masculinity, full of everything <laughs> a military should be. And you were like, we are going to recruit not to defend every other freaking country except for America, <laughs> but your own country and your own state. And on behalf of the rest of the country, your own border. Could you imagine the recruitment to half of them would engage in removals and, and Carrie Lake running for governor in Arizona is promising this. And half of them would hold the line at the border to interdict the bad guys. And that is it. We have no other choice. In other words, starting my question, where is Jefferson's seventh principle in the declaration? How, do, how does it apply nowadays? We don't have a culture of violence. We don't want violence. We certainly don't want a civil war. What it means is using the structure of state autonomy to engage in interposition and merely reset to where things should be. I'm not saying they arrest people without due process now, so we should go, go and arrest their people. Correct. No, but we have the right to evacuate ourselves from the consequences of their breach in the Constitution, their ill-gotten gains – However, we do it and we must not be constrained in doing that by the by the contract that they refuse to uphold. Mm. That's where we need to head. Todd, do you have any thoughts? Well, uh, last year, our show motto was the answer is us. That's the most encouraging and scary thing about this. The answer is, in fact, us. And if us does something, we win. If we sit by and continue to polish our idols, we lose. Steve and I have had this conversation for years. The reason why Steve's ugly American thing is so refreshing is because I know, and everybody on this that listens to our show knows, it is not his prime directive. He does not believe it is his right to watch college football. He does not. He does not believe it's his right to play video games. He believes those are things he can do as part of his life once he's been honored God, once he's been a good father, once he's been a good husband, once he's been a good citizen. And simply put, the, a lot of of even people who consider themselves conservatives ultimately default to not believing that they say they do but at the end of the day their idols are polished just as shiny as anybody else's and being that ugly american whatever version of that is is just sitting there walling july 4th is the picnic and that's it and if it demands anything else of them to stand up listen and i put my name on it in my local school district i have done everything i could to live up to the ideals i preach on this show but I'm, I'm largely alone. No one shows up. They sell, they'll tell me privately they like what I'm doing, but there won't be any sacrifice, which is why at the top of the show I said what well, you have to say it out loud and you have to say it out loud, and then you have to act on what you say out loud. If you are not willing to do that, it doesn't matter if you say you're a conservative or even vote conservative. You are the problem. There is no system that will save you. You must put in the work. That's what being, being a citizen effectively means. I remember in the, the days, and maybe this predated, the security state enacted in airports after 9-11, but the phrase, and you still see it in airports today, if you see something, say something. Our mantra needs to be, if you see something, do something. Whether it's in your church, local library hosting a drag queen story hour, nope, nope, not going to happen. Church didn't mention positively Roe v. Wade being, being overturned. Why is that? say something there maybe do something about that as well do you know who your local police chief is do you trust the people on the city council or your mayor to appoint 
uh, police chief like uh, that that actually you know will uphold the law and you know keep your community safe if not why not if not are you willing to put in the work to replace those people who are appointing or do you know your county sheriff do you know who he is or who she is and what they stand for these are important things not just the state legislators and you have access to those people as well you can be as annoying as hell to those people and get results in in some circumstances if you see something do something the time for outsourcing this to 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 our federal elected officials that is long gone i don't know if you've been paying attention the time to outsource this is long gone if you see something do something we are too eager and we're we're too used to institutions that traditionally came from our side of the political septic tank we're, we're used to waiting for them to give us all clears. We're used to waiting for them to tell us like, okay, it's all good. Or waiting for them to just preemptively and proactively act on our behalf. We started off this show saying that the answers to the future are often found in the past. That document we started the show with, the Declaration of Independence, government by the consent of the governed. They declared it in an affirmative sense, but that exists in an eternal one. You always get the government you deserve. You always get the government you comply with every single time. It doesn't matter what form of government it is, what era in which we live, what customs or language you inhabit or speak. You will always get the government you comply with. The amount of tyranny you are willing to comply with, you will have imposed upon you. The idea of just that, well, they'll tell us when it's safe. I'm sure they won't lie to us. Were you not awake? Shall we say, woke during the last 28 and ongoing months? No, they will not. It is time for us to tell them. More in a moment. The Glenn Beck Program. Greetings, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, founder of Rough Greens here. And the miracle of our dogs is that they don't want our money or our things. They just want to spend time with us. And Rough Greens can help with all kinds of health problems like stinky breath, achy joints, digestive problems, low energy, dull coats, just to name a few. Forgive me for saying this, but Rough Greens is amazing because the results are amazing. I formulated it with live omega oils, essential vitamins, minerals, powerful probiotics, digestive enzymes, and tons of antioxidants. You don't have to change your dog's food to improve your dog's health. Just sprinkle on a scoop of Rough Greens. Folks, I'm so committed to helping your dog that my dogs and I are going to offer Rough Greens for free. That's right. We'll send your dog a free Jumpstart trial bag, and yes, your dog will love it. You just cover the shipping. Hey, our total focus is to help your loyal furry friend have more time with you. Try our free Jumpstart trial bag by going to roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com. Taking a look at the state of American independence, heading into Independence Day weekend here on the Glenn Beck Program. We're the Steve Day Show. That's yours truly, Totters and Aaron McIntyre. Our colleague, Daniel Horowitz, here from The Blaze. Uh, we're having a roundtable conversation here in the second hour about the present state of American independence. We looked at the past last hour. Next hour, we're going to look at the future with a warning from founding father John Adams himself through the miracles of modern technology. We've also got a big announcement next hour about how you and, uh, and us can partner together to try to preserve 
our American history and heritage and pass it on to future generations so that they don't perish from that lack of knowledge. So that's coming up next hour. But gentlemen, I want to close out the about five minutes we have here with some practical stuff. You know, Daniel, we talked about what governors like Doug Ducey, I'm sorry, uh, Ducey uh, in Arizona and uh, Greg Abbott in Texas, uh, practical things that they could be doing right now. They, they could be doing it. And, and if you want, by the way, a case study and what the, what the doctrine of the lesser magistrate looks like or interposition looks like, it, it just looks like the Ron DeSantis uh, administration for the last three years in Florida. That's really what he has done consistently is interposed him, him, himself and his office between encroachments from the federal government and big pharma. Uh, but I die, but I repeat myself uh, and uh, his own state. That's really what he's done. But what can individual people do like you know my daughter wrote a piece for the blaze uh today and talking about how you know what I, i'm just see if i can start a christian story time hour in these libraries and i'm getting a lot of rejections but i got my first yes so i'm doing it next week right what are some practical things that the people in this audience who aren't governor so-and-so or congressman so-and-so or state legislator so-and-so what can they do daniel i'll start with you here we got about three four minutes sure i mean focused force just like a drill bit a small area, if you focus on your county and, and even sometimes to an extent your state, there is not a lot of saturation. The, the, the big ticket items are federal. It doesn't take much. I, I've spotlighted a couple of these organizations on my show that do a good job of focusing like a laser beam on the state legislators on. But not just in terms of elections. This is our problem. We're, we're focused on the Super Bowl. You know, the first Tuesday, every November, every other November. And then in between those two years, there's nothing. Every day you have much more influence pressuring, highlighting, spotlighting the legislation, the issues. You must do this. You must do that. You know, I just last week was saying, hey, you legislators, write a letter to your governor right now demanding he pull the baby shots. And we got some to do it. You could do things like that. You form a group of 10, 20 people, division of labor, so you don't get burnt out. You could easily do that. Connected to that is local conservative media. A lot of times you have no focus on what's going on, I don't know, in the Wyoming state legislature and Wyoming politically. You get a website out there, a number of people to work it. Um, and you start really pounding, this guy's a rhino. This guy says he's a conservative, but look what he's doing. This is the big play we can make tomorrow. Here's how we could push back against COVID fascism. Here's how we could pu push back against illegal immigration, against Biden's tranny orders uh, within the education system. Every day we have those opportunities to c call the plays in the way they matter, on the issues that matter, through the people that matter, and at the time they matter. That's where it is. What we can't do is get sucked up in the Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, and Biden's president anyway, a rhino fake majority at a federal level with a system that's irremediably broken, and hey, who's going to be president in two and a half years from now? That is not going to work. What DeSantis is demonstrating is that if you only made the red states red in terms of its politics— you could evacuate yourself from 90% of these problems. DeSantis himself would be 10 times stronger if he had other states to work with, which he doesn't. Hmm. That is where it needs to be. Focus local, get, get people together, form a group. And I don't mean focus on the garbage collection local issues. I mean the civilization issues where it matters in your community. Great stuff, my friend. Happy Independence Day. 
See you next week. Hour three coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Quick uh, thoughts. I've not had a chance to read through Alex's take, but uh, Alex Berenson, funny that this came down uh, right the same day that our Daniel Horowitz got, uh, quote unquote, permanently banned from Twitter. Alex Berenson settled with Twitter today. I presume, I've not looked at this, but I presume that will mean the restoration of his account uh, to Twitter. But uh, otherwise, what was the point? But thoughts on could what precedent this could potentially set in about a minute? Well, it all depends on whether that account happens. If it's yep. just a cash grab, and then you, you just nailed it right there. We need to know the answer to that. Yeah. Let's hope it wasn't that, because Alex has done some phenomenal of course work he has. over the last 20-some-odd months, for sure. All right, Hour 3 here coming up as we look at the future of American independence. of American independence. Well, again, we started off telling you today that the answers to the future are often found in the past. So we should go to the past to warn us about the future of losing our way of life. Founding father John Adams through the miracles of modern technology will join us next. You hear me talk about my love all the time for my pillow and my sheets, and I've had the best sleep of my life, honestly. And Mike Lindell has done it again with his my slippers. He took over two years to develop these. He ensured that they weren't just any ordinary slipper. These slippers are made with three-tier cushioning system, two layers, my pillow foam, and a layer of impact gel to prevent fatigue and offer all-day comfort. It's embarrassing for my children, but I love them, and I can wear them indoors outdoors when i bring them places oh they love it and i love it too because they're comfortable for a limited time you're going to save 90 dollars on a pair of my slippers the blowout sale of the year won't last so order right now it's even great to stock up for future gifts for family and friends just log on to mypillow.com click on radio listener specials use the promo code back to receive this incredible limited time offer call right now 800-966-3117 or go to mypillow.com promo code back
Back here with the third and final hour this morning of the Glenn Beck program. We are the Steve Day Show. That is yours truly, Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin. We are the show usually after Glenn here on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go to become a subscriber to Blaze TV today. It is our special Independence Day program. We do this on our own program every year. We're doing it for the first time here, though, for the Glenn Beck program audience. We have... Done it a little differently, though, looking at the state of American independence, past, present, and now this hour, we will look at the future. Later this hour, a big announcement on how we're going to try to provide for you a tool, and if successful, a series of them, uh, that will help you uh, to pass on the heritage of this country to your children as it was once passed on to us. So stay tuned for more on that here later in this hour. But speaking of, passing on our heritage as a people and what could happen to us if we do not. We present to you exclusively through the miracle of modern technology an address just for you from founding father, John Adams. Adams, sirs, I appreciate this opportunity to take the floor. I do understand this gathering. It is precisely what my colleagues and I had in mind, what we dreamed of, why we abandoned our homeland, our England, and why we abandoned our King George. I am John Adams. I will become President of the United States. I will become the first of only two presidents whose son will also become president, but I will primarily be known for my work with the Declaration of Independence and the founding of this land. I was disliked by many, considered brutish, pushy, but I always professed my calling to be bold. My attitude has always been, come with me in Christ or get out of my way. I come to this Congress with two proposals for your, excuse me, with two proposals for your consideration, after which I intend to depart and charge you with defining their merit. Proposal number one, that the Christian heritage of this land shall be revealed, shared, taught, and stressed to all American children. In other words, the Christian history will be included in the public education. Fifty-five members attended the Constitutional Convention. Fifty-two of those fifty-five were actively involved in their respective churches. Did you know? The words God and Jesus occur numerous times in the writings of our founders. Hundreds of times. Oftentimes a synonym was used, such as Master, Heavenly Father, Divine Provider, Jehovah Jireh. My friend George Washington used 54 different references to our Lord. Did you know? 54. Likewise, a hundred years later, a Mr. Abraham Lincoln will use 49 such references, and a Mr. Robert E. Lee will use 45. Did you know? Thus, the profound significance and impact of Jesus Christ on the history of this land, let alone the profound significance and impact of Jesus Christ on some rather remarkable Americans. One such American, a personal friend of mine, 
was Mr. Benjamin Franklin. And despite his uh, shortcomings in morality, he too understood God's divine providence here. This is on file from the Constitutional Convention dated June 28, 1787. Franklin was addressing the morning worship, excuse me, uh, the Congress. Well, how has it happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly appealing to the Father of lights to illuminate our understanding? In the beginning of our contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible to danger, we had daily prayers in this very room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And I firmly believe in this. My friends, that was Benjamin Franklin. That is but one example of the Christian heritage of this land. There are numerous others. Here, Patrick Henry, yes, he said, give me liberty or give me death, but only after he said, an appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left. We shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations, and he will raise up friends to fight our battles. Is life so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbidden almighty God and only then give me liberty or give me death did you know the secular historians must have omitted something don't you think Mr. Thomas Jefferson believed that the constitutional freedom of religion is the most inalienable and sacred of all human rights. Mr. George Washington, without an humble imitation of the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, we can never hope to be a happy nation. Mr. Abraham Lincoln, the only assurances of our nation's safety is to lay our foundation in morality and religion. Ladies and gentlemen, I suggest to you the Christian character of this land is not being taught to your children. Furthermore, the historical significance of Jesus Christ on the history of this land, like a woolen mitten on frigid fingers, has been a perfect fit, allowing God's hand to guide this country to its survival and lead her to her divine destiny. The Bible tells us we shall reap what we sow. My friends, the Christian seeds have already been planted by numerous Christian men and women, including philosophers and presidents, generals and gentlemen, patriots and housewives and ministers. Take care of this Christian land. Let your children know of the Christian seeds planted by Christian men, such as Jefferson, Washington, 
such as such as Mr. James Madison, another future president, such as Mr. John Hancock, the very first signer of the Declaration of Independence, such as Mr. Noah Webster, the prolific thinker and remarkable author of the dictionary found in many of your homes. These were Christian men. Your efforts to teach that Christian heritage will not only be nurturing to all, but perhaps eye-opening to self and certainly appreciated by our Heavenly Father. Well, if you will excuse me, the heat here is somewhat reminiscent of the heat I experienced one summer many years ago in the village of Philadelphia. That first proposal sets the foundation for my second most difficult and certainly controversial proposal, that our future choices, yours and mine, our future choices will be guided, guarded, and governed by those Christian principles and ideals set forth in the first proposal. In other words, our Christian choices will be based upon Christian principles, not worldly principles. Let's pause it there. Let's let uh, Founding Father John Adams catch his breath here in the uh, summer heat. When we come back, uh, a big announcement. Uh, our attempt here to try to do what John was just warning us we, that must be done uh, in order to preserve this last best hope for humanity east of Eden. Uh, this is just our little attempt to try to make it as simple as possible to begin the process of passing on our heritage to our children. We'll tell you about it here in a moment. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-226-1818. That's 1-800-226-1818. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-226-1818. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. So for those of you wondering what you have been listening to, and part two will be up here later this hour, is a performance by uh, a late actor, a local theater actor here where we live in Iowa. Michael Ernst was his name. He passed away several years ago. And uh, he did uh, a lot of traveling around to schools, libraries, churches, performances. Charles Carroll, the only Catholic to sign the Declaration of Independence. And this one with John Adams trying to do what he could to uh, preserve 
America's Christian heritage and pass it on to future generations. And he was very kind uh, late in his life to lend me this recording and give me unfettered access to share it with as many people as possible. And we renew playing it on our show for our Independence Day program every single year. And you're hearing this for the first time here on uh, the Glenn Beck program. And to that end, you know, last hour we charged local politicians and, and, you know, our local listeners and viewers to take action uh, for what they can do to take advantage of this window we have now to preserve, conserve maybe is the word here, as conservatives, uh, our way of life and pass those values on to others so that we will not be the generation that Reagan warned us about. The generation that one day would have to explain to their children and grandchildren what it was once like in America when we were free. To that end, after uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away, uh, my publisher came to me and noted uh, the success that Rush had had with his Rush Revere line of books. And I mean, no one, it's not possible to step into uh, Rush's shoes, literally all of this industry, whether you are a Hall of Famer like Glenn Beck or you are the fill-in team like me, Steve Dace. Every single one of us owes our jobs and ability to to get paid to do what we believe in to Rush and his success. But it did leave a void. And it's not as if our kids are growing increasingly aware of their true history and heritage. So my publisher came to me and asked me, hey, would I consider starting a line of children's books? You know, we had we were fortunate enough last year, Todd, to have a number one bestseller with Fauci and Bargain. Yes. And so let's see, maybe with your newfound publishing success, if we can capitalize on that, but do something meaningful for the next generation. And I said I would do it on one condition, that it had to focus on America's Christian heritage. And if it was, if it had focused on America's Christian heritage, I'm in. Uh, our publisher agreed, Post Hill Press. And so today we are launching pre-sales for this very first children's book. And then the response it gets will determine if it's a series uh, from here. This is the pilot. But if we're going to launch a series of children's books about America's Christian heritage, you start at the beginning of it. So the very first one, uh, and you can find it right now, available for pre-sales up at Amazon. I think it's up at Barnes & Noble's website as well. Uh, Why Thanksgiving is the title. And if it's successful, it'll just be a, a series of books answering for children the question of why this? Why this tradition? Why that one? Where, where do these things come from? What are their meanings? What are their origins? Well, the very first tradition of America is Thanksgiving. Uh, it is perhaps the most universally celebrated holiday in America, but a lot of our people don't know where it came from. Uh, don't know the true history of this uniquely American holiday. Did you know? What do you do? You remember the name Squanto? If you're Todd and I's age or older, you were still taught that name. I bet a lot of our children don't know though who that is. But what all do you know about him? I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds that when the Pilgrims pulled into the harbor? They would encounter a native who just so happens to know English because he was freed from the slave trade by English-speaking Christians earlier in his life, and they taught him the language and the Bible. What are the odds of that? When they, when they jump on a rickety boat called the Mayflower, and they risk their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors to sail here and escape tyranny in England, what are the odds that they were going to come to another world, a new world, and run into a native that just so happens to know their language. It's Those odds are astronomical. Probably the odds 
that if you jumped into DeLorean and went back to 1985 and said, guys, it is Donald J. Trump that's going to appoint the justices that overturn Roe v. Wade. Those kinds of odds. There's only one being that, that, that defies odds like that. And that's the divine ruler of the universe. All things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes. This is history's orchestration from the architect of his story. And so we want to pass this legacy on to our children. And that's why the subtitle of our book, Why Thanksgiving? The pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they loved God. There is an entire legacy and heritage out there that we have not passed on to our kids. And so this is just my small attempt to make a dent in that and to provide tools. There's a lot more families are looking to do supplement schooling from the indoctrination in the government schools or homeschooling. We did the homeschooling in our family. You can never have too many good books and tools for your kids if that's what you're doing. So if you want to pre-order your copy, this will be out in November of this year. Uh, it just went live on all the book merchants, including Amazon and Barnes and Noble, the two big ones. You can get it right now. Why Thanksgiving? You can pre-order it today. The pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they love God. And I wrote it. So you know that the gospel is permeated throughout every single page of this book, uh, as it is because it's endemic. It's foundational to the founding of the country. So Todd, as a show editor, you got a chance to edit the text of the book. Uh, as I was writing it earlier this winter. you have any thoughts you want to share? Well, once again, tip of the cap to you, uh, the amazing range of writing. Again, a small group book uh, right there, Do What You Believe. Writing the fictional book that is now being turned into a movie. Writing now a children's book. That That is not easy to do, to find the right voice that is appropriate to make this work is, um, well, it, 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 it's, it's quite remarkable. And beyond just tipping my cap to him then, it's what, it, it's what you need to do. You need to find your voice just like that, not to sell a book, but to be a citizen. There is a place for you in this country. God gave you the right gifts to bloom where you are planted. Find your voice. Write your own book in your com. Uh, community not literally but figuratively that's what you've been charged to do permeate your entire life with the gospel as steve did with this book there is no chance of us losing this battle for uh liberty if we do that amen amen so you can get your copy if you want to pre-order it today why thanksgiving the pilgrims started thanksgiving for the same reason they came to america because they loved god it's up today over at Amazon. Pre-sales begin right now. It'll be out later this year in the fall. We'll come back. Part two of the address from John Adams in a moment. The Glenn Back Program. If you own a business, this has been a bumpy ride from pandemic to inflation. I'm sure you could use a break. If your business has five or more employees and survived COVID, you're eligible to receive a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee. The challenge is getting your hands on it. 
Hi, I'm Howard Mackler, and that's why I founded GetRefunds.com to cut through the red tape and get you the money. Our tax attorneys are specialists in this little-known payroll tax refund program. We do all the work, charge not a dime up front, and simply share a percentage of the cash that we get for you. Businesses of all types qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, and even those that had increases in sales. Don't lose out on up to $26,000 per employee. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited period of time. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses, and we can help you too. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. That's GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. Again, if you just missed it, the name of the book, it'll be dropping this fall. Pre-sales now. Why Thanksgiving? The Pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they loved God. My first attempt at a children's book and an earnest attempt to try to do my part to kind of preserve our Christian heritage and pass it on to the next generation. Because without it, there is no future for American independence. And that's exactly what John Adams is going to talk about here in part two. My friends, tomorrow we'll bring about numerous challenges, numerous changes. You know that. Why, the devil himself will attempt to erode the foundation of that first proposal by using man's own intellect, own inquisitiveness to tempt and eventually destroy those Christian principles and ideals. If the devil himself were to tamper with our future course of events, can you imagine? For example, what a shame it would be if one day man were to discover how to eliminate a child prior to its birth and the government approved it. What a shame it would be if one day a new type of cannonball was developed, one capable of enormous explosive power, even including clouds of poisonous plagues, and the peoples and the nations accepted their occasional use. And, and what a shame it would be if one day a, a device... Huh? An image box of some sort was capable of sending evil images into our homes. And we not only permitted it, but promoted it so thoroughly and participated in it so thoroughly as to allow its evil tendencies to desensitize our moralities and virtually destroy our family time together. What a shame it would be if one day the love and compassion we have for our neighbors became secluded and isolated behind locked doors, privacy fencing, and hedges. And what a shame it would be if one day a person or group in authority were to decide the family unit is not really defined 
A sexual rebellion, including same-sex relationships, was allowed like smoke to seep under the doors into our log cabins, altering our marriage covenant and the family unit itself, and the Christian neighborhood complained in private but remained silent and spineless in their public opposition? What a shame it would be if one day man were to learn to soar like birds in some type of flying apparatus, only to turn around and use such a device to inflict harm on their fellow man. What a shame it would be if one day greed and ownership and materialism and corporate wealth became more important than giving, honesty, and helping thy neighbor to cut firewood. And lastly, what if our freedom to pray, what if our freedom to worship and pray freely and openly were taken away by our own government? If King George were to arrive on this soil tomorrow and prevent your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren from praying during schooling, well, such unlikely abominations must be repelled. Yes, the devil will use worldly men, but you must use the Christian principles and ideals set forth by my friends and my colleagues, your forefathers, and your founding fathers to dismember such abominations. Thus, my two proposals, I trust you will consider them, absorb any wisdom found therein, and adjust your lives accordingly. Oh, oh. Well. Now you know why I was disliked by many. Perhaps I have offended you or your neighbor. That was not my intention. But I will not apologize for my Christian heritage, nor will I stand idly by when I see it being challenged and or ridiculed by future individuals and or events. And lastly, my dear friend, George Washington was constantly found to be in prayer. Did you know? He had been leading our troops against the vastly superior forces of King George. One wintry evening around dusk, a Quaker, ironically a Tory Quaker by the name of Potts, Mr. Isaac Potts, came upon the general. The general was alone at the edge of the wood. Mr. Potts was not seen by the general, but this is what Mr. Potts observed. The general was alone at the edge of the wood. Only his four-legged, trusty, ashen-spotted mount named Nelson stood off his shoulder. It was quiet. It was cold. The general was on his knee, so quiet, only an occasional 
snorch from Nelson nearby, colored the chilly, silent air. The general's hands were folded, his stature severe, his head was bowed, and he was praying. Picture that on your imaginary canvas. Picture that, General George Washington. Later, that Tory Quaker who observed this wrote about what he saw that evening outside his village at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. He wrote, if there is anyone on this earth who the Lord will listen to, it is George Washington. And I feel a presentiment that under such a commander there can be no doubt of our eventually establishing our independence and that God in his providence has willed it so. My friends, this country is founded in God. Did you know? Too many of us don't know. Todd has a phrase he uses on our show, invincible ignorance. We are living in the dumbest time ever to be alive. We have more information and education at our fingertips than ever before in the history of our species. And yet, many of our fellow countrymen and women have a philosophy that is self-refuting, say things that don't stand up to any level of epistemological or philosophical muster. And even within this audience, some of you are going to be Googling those words to see what they mean. And you're the smart ones. So no, we don't know. And that was done on purpose. It was done on purpose so that we could be reprogrammed. It was done on purpose so that we could be conditioned. It was done on purpose so that we could create a society based on control where compliance is now the highest virtue. And so I just jump in my social media account and I switch from my preferred pronouns to my mask, to my jab certificate card, to my Ukrainian flag. And then I just await future instructions. I just await what is the what the, the new next current thing? What's the new current thing just dropped? I, Comply. Show that I will comply. Show that I have complied and will continue complying. There's nothing independent about a state based on compliance. They're anathema to one another. So no, we don't know, and that's on purpose. How will they hear the word if there is no one to teach it to them? That is meant in a specifically gospel context by Paul in the New Testament, but it applies here to history as well. How will they hear if there is no one to teach it, no one to demand it, no one to model it, no one to pass it on? Folks, we have no future. Independence in America has no future without a reverence for its past. We'll come back, wrap things up here in a few moments. Glenn Beck. 
Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 866-89-BIBLE. That's 866-89-BIBLE. 866-89-BIBLE. So these will be the final uh, almost six minutes that we will have with you today. It has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for uh, being with us as we are stepping in to fill in for the Hall of Famer Glenn Beck. Here we are, the Steve Day Show. We usually air after Glenn here on Blaze TV. You can subscribe today at blazetv.com slash dace and get a discounted subscription there today. It's only about 10 bucks a month if you do. But uh, we're doing his show today while he is away on some vacation time. And we decided to make this our special Independence Day show that we do every year on our own show, but thought it might be fun to do it for the first time for the Glenn Beck program audience. We hope you enjoyed it. Getting a lot of questions again about uh, the performance of John Adams you just heard. Uh, that is uh, the late Michael Ernst, a local theater actor who created this show himself and 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 kind of just lived up to, you know, um, the answer is us. Let's find out. Just wrote this himself based on the writings of John Adams. He did another one for Charles Carroll as well and just traveled around the state of Iowa and then eventually the Midwest doing shows for libraries and churches and schools with this message. You know, he just saw a need and he filled a need. And, and that's really the future. You know, Todd and Aaron, if we're going to sit here in the final few minutes and discuss what's the future of liberty and independence in America, it's in the mirror. It, it comes down to our own obedience to God, and it comes down to our own courage of conviction. There are two worldviews right now vying for supremacy, dominion over this country. It is a steel cage match. The door has been locked. There will be no co-accommodation. One worldview will walk out. The other will lie there on the carcass and carried out. Over. And this is going to come down to who has the most conviction in their belief system. And right now, they have more conviction over there. And until that changes, not much else will. And so that's really the future. That's the bad news. The good news is that's also the future. I mean, if, if we are the primary problem here, our complacency, then our conviction can also be the primary solution, gentlemen. Yes. Our obedience to God there at the end that he says and Steve echoes, uh, that Adam said and Steve echoes, 
as everything. It makes sense of what Adams also said when he said, I study war so that my sons can study politics so their sons uh, can, study, can study the arts. Well, it all makes sense and it'll lead to something beautiful and sustainable if God is paramount over yep. that entire process. If it is not, you get what Plato warned about. You have the arts. They become toxic. Mm. They pervert everything. And so you get from the up, the arts perverts politics and we have this ridiculous January 6th show trial and the show on every level. And you then you end up with that perverting notions of war and you have whatever the heck this Ukraine-Russia thing is and we're actually funding that for God's sakes so we need to have god lording over everything and then a lot of it does get on a level of cruise control but if not chaos is promised declaration of independence as i said it's a it's a beautiful essay an eloquent legal document but it only makes sense it only makes sense bringing things full circle it only makes sense when you understand as john adams said my friends, this country was founded in God. Did you know the refounding, the new founding of America must also take place in God as well? Because the founders of this country, as you like to say, Steve, many, many times, the founders of this country did not think that they were special. They knew that they were not. And then they set about, they set about putting God in his rightful place. Is he in our right is is he in his rightful place in our own minds right now? Look around. Look around. I I don't think this country as a whole really has God on the throne. We have a lot of other things, first and foremost, ourselves. But again, if our if we are the problem, we're also what? The solution, as long as we are inspired, inspired by the word of God and inspired by his uh, promises to us. It's time for action. Time for voting and th hoping things go away soon is over. Now is a time of action. It has been an honor to be with you guys here. Hope all of you have a great Independence Day weekend. Don't forget to join us tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern on Blaze TV. Subscribe to our podcast. Check us out, Steve Dace or Steve Dace Show on all the socials out there as well. And until the next time, John 317. This is the Glenn Beck Program.